Uh, hey guys, welcome back to Not Sex in the Office. Yeah, we have to change the name. You realize it was inappropriate for Andrew since he has employees. And... I realized it was inappropriate yeah. for me. And then Steph got mad at me that we have to change the name. So Pretty much. for all of our listeners, we're please feel free to submit ideas. Sam, please. No, we'll have please. had a title by the time they listen to this. We will? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Your input doesn't matter. <laughs> don't submit anything. But don't mean shit. You know title or not get the fuck off <laughs> there's a lot of aggression going on over here about this title so last episode we finished by saying we were going to begin this episode <laughs> by talking about monthly relationship check-in and we had our monthly relationship check-in and it went well and it's likely useful to break down the basic structure of it and also we can talk about our recent check-in so yeah because I, I, I feel like a lot of people are like that's what do they normally call it corny i've heard a lot of guys be like oh i like i can't do that like corny shit i've heard that word a bunch of times and it's like, it's not it's actually pretty cool and very effective and fun and or that's, it can such, be, a, that's such a always. funny thing to say that to label it, to judge stuff. it, yeah. corny. What it's corny if you make it corny. Like you, it's mm. in your own head that it's corny. True. It is neutral. It is a meeting where you discuss specific things about your la- relationship. Whether or not it's corny, bad, good, a waste of your time, a great use of your time is completely in your own head and up to you to decide. Mm. So any type of labeling associated with it, like. You could do a monthly check-in. You could do a weekly check-in. You can write a letter to one. Like it, the whole purpose Whatever is, works for you. Yeah, it's simply a structure to help a couple maintain a healthy relationship. And it's certainly not the end-all, be-all of that by any means. But for us, it's been really helpful to, you know, mm-hmm. give ourselves a way to voice things that are on our mind that maybe day-to-day when we're just really busy or a lot's going on or we just want to be able to relax we're not sure if our partner's ready to hear it or discuss it it's super effective and i think now that i'm thinking of it probably why a lot of people label it corny or other words along that nature are because they have not practiced communicating around their relationship. So it just feels so uncomfortable and awkward. Like it literally, they think of that and they think, oh my God, that'd be so awkward. But it's awkward for anyone until you get used to it and get in a habit, just like everything else in life. It's like a skill you have to build. And the more you do it, the more natural and flowing it is. And like Andrew was saying, it's a structure to have in place so that you're always able to have that that space to talk with your partner about the stuff that needs to be talked about. Yeah, and using something with a predetermined structure is training wheels to, mm-hmm. to because riding a bike is awkward the first time you ever do it. You throw on training wheels, which gives you some guidance, and all of a sudden you can do it. And so if our template is useful as a starting point, then it's a good place to begin. And then over time, everyone's going to be able to change it as they see fit, ask their partner different questions. So let's jump into what we do, which is 
three really simple questions. Question number one, have I been living, have I been living the say, well, (laughs) have I been living the way I say I want to? Is there anything I want from you to help me stay accountable? And when we ask this question, we both answer before moving on to the next question. And this is really good if your philosophy about what a healthy relationship looks like is that the other person should make you want to be a better person. And you expect your partner to want you to be. Yeah. This also assumes that you yourself have a growth mindset and want to be improving or living up to some standards or values that you have for yourself and no one's perfect so you know on a monthly basis looking back over 30 days there are probably areas where you could say i didn't get as much sleep as i would have liked i would have liked to get to bed earlier i would have liked to work out more i would have liked to eat healthier i would have liked to stay in touch with my friends better so any of these things can be added to the list and expressed to your partner and then it's a great opportunity for you to share how you'd like your partner to hold you accountable, if at all. It's not a requirement. But for example, I told Steph that I felt like the 30 days prior to our last check-in, really reflecting on mostly June, I had been drinking more alcohol than I normally do and frankly than I like to. When I drink, I prefer it maybe once every other weekend at most. And I was probably drinking once or twice a week for three or four weeks. And so I told her I'd like to do less of that and I would like you to hold me accountable. So if you and I are walking around like down on Pier 17 where there's a couple bars that you can quickly grab a drink, instead of encouraging me if I say that I want a drink to grab one, just call me out and let me know that was something that I committed to myself. And for me, that was... That was the main thing. And then the other thing was, and we both felt this way, which was that we weren't getting to bed early enough. So we both committed to doing that, to being in bed and trying to fall asleep by 10.30. And then I would ask him, when he told me his, I would say, do you want me to call you out? If so, like, what would I have to say? And then like, in this case, he was like, no, like, I think I'll be good. So no need to really call me out. But then yesterday or two days ago, you wanted to have a cheat day, right? And that was something where I just was like, are you sure you want to have a cheat day? I'm not going to be too hard on you because you mentioned alcohol. You didn't mention junk food. And he was like, yeah, no, I'm good at the junk food. So it's just like keeping on top of what you know is important to your partner. Yeah. And junk food is important. (laughs) Yeah, I love junk food. She doesn't. Junk food is very important. I just have <laughs> such a sweet tooth. <laughs> but I know you haven't had a legit cheat day in like four weeks. Like it'd been. A I haven't g- had a really crazy one. Yeah. I really haven't gone crazy. You in a haven't. While. So that's why I was like, all right, I'm not gonna. Like, maybe I'll just check and make sure he's like cool with this and isn't just. <laughs> I was super cool with it, and it wasn't even that bad of a cheat day. It was just. It really wasn't. It was just more out of whack than normal, but yeah. Any other 
thoughts, notes, suggestions about question number one? Yeah, I think that when I was feeling more anxious, I know there was a I know there was a check in where I mentioned I want to be able to not be as anxious or something along the lines of handling my breast implant illness. And then that opened a big conversation that we had. So it was like a good, I think that's helped me a lot through my whole healing journey so far was you calling out my depression and my anxiety in a way that was like, hey, there are things you can be doing about this that you're not right now. And you knew I wasn't because there was like a point in time where I was just like groveling in it. Like I was in that self-pity zone and feeling really bad and hopeless and like freaking out every day. And then that wasn't good for you. Calling me out on that was really difficult to take and to hear, but also it snapped me back into the place of finding answers for my health. And getting to the point where I found a really good surgeon and booked it right away. And then I got on this path of knowing what to do. And that path has been a little rocky, but I think like overall that conversation, like just conversations like this that we've had in our check-ins have been very helpful to getting me back to be the person I want to be. Yeah. And I think that specific conversation stemmed from question number two. There was a time when you expressed that you needed me to be okay with you getting more rest because when i first mm-hmm. moved in mm-hmm. the plan was in bed at 9 30 up at 5 30 in the morning every morning and that's pretty much what we were doing for the first month or two but because of your health stuff and frankly because i just think you don't naturally I don't know i maybe it's fully because of your health stuff but i think also that just may not be where you're at in life is to get up at 5 30 every morning the you had to say i just need you to be okay with this so that i don't feel a unhealthy pressure to mm. keep up to some standard around our my sleeping and waking schedule that puts more anxiety and stress on me than what i would like and i told you yeah i totally support you in that you don't need to stick up <clears throat> you don't need to stick to the same schedule as me And then a separate conversation, which leads me to question number two, was what concerns have you had during the last month? And a couple months ago, I expressed that one of the concerns I had was that you were coming from a place of low agency because, like you mentioned, you were depressed, you were really struggling, and I saw that taking over you and taking over how you were living your life and had called that out in the healthiest way I knew possible and yeah ultimately that was a part of you taking more action taking control of your health contacting who you needed contact learning about breast implant illness and now we're a month out from close to a month out from your surgery just crazy And that started from the monthly check-in. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, like I will say, I don't think I would have found the answers as quickly if we weren't talking about it the way that we were. Like if you were just like, oh, babe, yeah, sleep in. Oh, don't worry about it. If you coddled me through that whole thing and that like I just wouldn't have 
picked up the books and called the people, like, I just know I wouldn't have done it as quickly. Yeah, which I think is point in case what we were talking about earlier, which is that you and I both want to be in a relationship where the other person makes us want to be like a better person and better in the sense that closer to who it is that we want to be and who we are striving to be. Not who the other person wants us to be. Yeah. To clarify that. It's like who we know we individually both want to be. Which is very much aligned. So question number one, have I been living the way I say I want to? Is there anything I want from you to help me stay accountable? Question number two, what concerns have you had during the last month? Question number three, what about me have you felt grateful about? And I think this is a really good way to finish these monthly relationship check-ins because you want to end on a high note. As humans, we have a cognitive bias where we recollect an event based on the ending yeah largely more so based on the ending and so i think this is a great way to leave the meeting feeling good about the conversation and moving on with your day in in like a positive direction because usually we're having these discussions on a saturday or sunday morning or afternoon often after breakfast and we still have the rest of the day to do stuff and to be together and I think ending with a few things that we feel grateful about specific things that have taken place over the past month or that have been Mm -hmm. on our mind very specific not just like you're acting loving like we give examples or I really liked when you did this that made me feel really good because I feel like most people are very general in their communication and they'll just be like you've been really nice lately (laughs) Okay, but what, what does that Specific mean to you? Specific yeah. instance of, of that and what that means to you. Yeah. So I think expressing what you're grateful about is, and hopefully that's easy. Hopefully you can really easily find things that you've taken note of. And I think the other interesting part about this question is if, if you can't find, if you're unable to find easily find things that you're mm-hmm. grateful about your partner for, then... I think that is a good red flag that should cause you to think harder about who your partner is, where they're coming from, and the things they've done to go out of their way to make you feel to make you feel better, to make your life better because I don't know, I think if you're lacking that perspective and it's hard to think of things that you're grateful for, then you just might be coming from a place that is not healthy or... I think that goes two ways, too, because if you're... If you don't tell your partner what... Because I see a lot of relationships where the person doesn't tell their partner how they want to be treated in a way that makes them feel loved like for you like you stress the fact that like words of affirmation are important to you and they're not as important to me so I wouldn't know that or I just don't I was I didn't put them on the same level that you put them at and I know there's a lot of frustrated couples that are like oh they never do this for me and I'm like have you ever mentioned that before because it's a specific thing and they're like no but like they should know 
So they shouldn't know until they hear it from you. And these check-ins are a great time to actually express the specifics of what you're looking for. But then again, if you do communicate very specifically and your partner just is in this place where they're showing they don't care because, and then there really isn't much to be grateful for them for, then that's definitely, yeah, time to think about, all right, have I been expressing my needs clearly? Yes. Okay. Then this is more so my partner just seeming to not prioritize my needs. So that's another conversation that maybe would go under the challenges in this framework. Yeah, because this can also be a really good way to identify are, like, am I really prioritizing your needs? Am I really listening to you when you tell me what it is that you want? Like in this last check-in that we had, you said one of the things you said was you wanted more foreplay, kissing longer and more non-genital touching leading up to or not even necessarily leading up to sex. And so if I am really listening to you and I'm prioritizing your needs, then that means that those things are going to get better. And if they don't, and you end up bringing up them up again in another check-in, and all of a sudden that's two in a row or three in a row that you're mentioning something, and it's the same problem over and over again, then it begs the question, like, is there a deeper problem there? What does something else need to be talked about as opposed to if I act on that and you're a lot happier with how that's been going, then I think that's also an indication that the relationship is healthy, that you're both prioritizing the other person and, and being a good teammate. Yeah, you're hearing them and then you're acting on what you heard. What I find really helpful, actually the only way I can really do these meetings is by taking notes. Mm-hmm. So if you say something specific about something you want from me, something that's been a challenge for you. I haven't done this every meeting and the meetings I haven't, I've kicked myself for it, but I'm getting better at doing them consistently. And then it's really helpful leading up to the next meeting in between one meeting and the other to go back and look at those and remember, oh, that's what mm. you said. For you to reflect, have I been? Exactly. And to even go back to, to meetings further back and to also reflect on on what you've expressed in those meetings as well and just to oh you have so many organized notes <laughs> mine are not as organized but i do have them all in one spot yeah i don't know my yeah i don't know how you do disorganized notes <laughs> I, just not, yours are so crisp and have an emoji attached to each feeling <laughs> and they're just <laughs> obnoxiously organized <laughs> and you could give them to anyone and they would get it which is uh, yeah it's i think it's great the, it's just it's, most people are not like <laughs> i just i yeah where i come from i think part of it is growing up in a household where everything had to be clean and organized and there's something inherent mm. about that i didn't reject and that i fully inherited from that's something i love so much about you because our apartment is always like spick and span <laughs> Yeah, like, like you never find you never find like any of my shavings in the like my beard shavings. In the... uh, no, that's not true. What you what? always mess behind the sink, and I what? No, I get behind the sink. Oh, I don't no, do a good enough good. job. Oh no, oh, <laughs> but that's the only thing. <laughs> the one thing I point out that I do a good job. 
Next time I'm gonna leave all my beard shavings no, and you'll see no, you're gonna see how bad it can actually job. be. No, I know. I know. You do a great job, uh, But that's literally the only thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. The only thing besides that, I just I love how we always make the bed. Like the bed is always made. Like the dishes are always, always done. done before we leave. Like before we leave, before we go to bed. Yeah, like yeah. before we go to bed, like I, nothing is out of place, and that's something I've grew up with too. Because my house is always messy, so as a kid that bothered me oh, so much, and I needed to you. feel control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of it. I think of it. Part of it's that, so it feels pretty natural. And then the other part of it too is I because I think of things in terms of, I almost think of everything as like a product. And so I have this perspective of like user experience and design where I think of the, even my notes as like. An SOP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want this to be like easier for me. I want this to make my life easier, not make it harder. So if I take notes that are disorganized, it means however first, Further down the line, when I have to go back and find those notes, is it going to be easy or a pain in the ass? Yeah. If I have to read those notes, is it going to be easy or am I going to really, is it going to be a pain in the ass? Yeah, I would love to take notes the way that you do. I think I've been practicing because you taught me to make different folders and that's helped a lot. So I feel like super organized with all my folders and emojis attached to each one. Yeah. But so that's helped tremendously. So I'm like, I'm picking up on getting better with the notebook. The Notes app on the iPhone is definitely one of my most used apps. Yeah, I have, same. I wonder how, how many? Same. I have 849 wow. notes, which is actually probably less than a lot of people because I'll go through and delete notes sometimes. Mm. <laughs> Such a freak. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But yeah, it's so helpful. The folders and the emojis and maybe have some tags. Just okay. actually just one tag. Steph. It's the, oh. tag. <laughs> it's the only tag you need. <laughs> you are my life, babe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. You are let's everything. Add, let's add a few more tags. You are the sun to my... I don't know. Universe. Universe. Galaxy. Galaxy. <laughs> no, there's lots of sun. Yeah, no, that makes sense. no sense. Damn it. <laughs> we just watched the new Netflix there's documentary. So like the web on the web telescope. Oh, my God. Just, that is cool. This is so mind-blowing. So cool. Decades you clearly of clearly have more to learn. <laughs> yeah, we'll clearly we learn nothing. Alright, moving on. Moving right along. We, let's go into life updates. Okay. So Camelia, one of my new hires, started. She's doing great so far. Picking things up quickly. I feel a little bit disorganized actually around training her. But also, that's part of being in a startup and part of what she signed up for. One of the things I put in the job description that she applied to was you have to enjoy or like the idea of building the plane in the air as you fly it, because it's a lot of what we do. And it's just a lot of the knowledge is in my head. And we don't have perfect SOPs for everything, but... But it can be fun that way too, and it also means she has a lot of autonomy and wiggle room to build systems that work for her, and then for us to integrate them into the business. But I'd say that was really the highlight 
of the week since we last did the pot was her starting and so far so good and she seems to be enjoying herself and it's it's so cool and also it's so impactful when you add even one person when your core team that meets consistently is only three of us and then you add a fourth and it's it just it's really interesting how much that changes things and we'll have a fifth starting here in a couple weeks and then also elise one of my team members came to new york city so got to see her in person for the second time which is great when you're working with a fully remote team and once in a while you get to meet one of those team members in person it's just really cool and i think adds a little bit to the culture and yeah that's really been it otherwise same old just grinding away trying to do the best we can for our clients and thinking a lot about how the landscape is changing and the work that we do and but yeah it was a good week cool yeah my week i launched the second round of the sex meditations which is cool got more signups there of course got more cancellations as well so just trying 16 meditations total right 16 total now yeah so that's a subscription model i have and um yeah and it's just in the baby stages of course of understanding what guys want to see more of and what's the most helpful i received a really cool testimonial of a guy who said yeah it was just like oh man it was just basically how he was expressing himself was that it's been night and day since using the meditations in terms of his sexual pleasure and his I believe his erection, or maybe that was another guy that said he noticed a harder erection, which many men have told me that they've experienced harder erections with using mindful masturbation. So masturbation practices that have to do with visualizing their own ideas of desire versus just mindlessly jerking off to porn. So that's been something that's been very consistent in terms of feedback from my sex meditations And also just in general, when I teach the concept of mindful masturbation. So the next phase of my sex meditations is, of course, creating more for every week. There's going to be more. But I do want to create in a way where it's formatted so that the guys feel like they have a Monday through Friday schedule of meditations And also there's beginner to advanced levels of the meditation. So it's about to get a little more advanced in the structure, which I think will just be more helpful for the men who sign up for it. So I'm excited for that. And then another thing that happened was my PE landing page, my PE course landing page was completed in terms of the design. And it looks so good. It looks really good. It looks really good. And you, this is the most expensive investment you've made in your business outside of coaching. Mm, that's true, yeah. Because copywriting was, what, $2,000? 2K, yeah. 2K on copywriting for this landing page, and then another $1,000 on the design and development of it in Kajabi. Mm-hmm. So you're $3,000 into this landing page, which is not unheard of in general for a good landing page like that is that that's a high quality landing page investment right there that really adds up but for you and where you've been in in your business that was a good chunk of change to put into it 
and um, now gotta see how it goes. Gotta see so. what happens because I didn't relaunch it yet. So the new landing page is not out there yet, but it's about to be. So that's exciting. And another exciting thing I did in the last week was I committed to hiring a video editor for three months, three consecutive months where he will provide me with editing for 20 videos, which then he will break down into shorter videos. And that will provide me with 80 to 100 videos a month in content. Which is by far the most amount of content you've ever published. Yeah, I've never published that much. Yeah, it's a lot. Ever. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. And so what do you... What does that mean? That means you have to sit down every week and... Create five videos. Create five videos a week so that he can then go edit them. And then you have to go through the work of publishing them to every platform. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's going to solve... I know the biggest problem for me has been and still is content production. Yeah. And just putting content out there. There's some sort of block in my head. And when I get on a camera and I start talking... You're so good. Easy. It's it's like the best version of of what you do in terms of educating your audience. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, where I feel most comfortable is on stories, educating. That's my, that's my favorite, probably my favorite thing to do. So it's like, okay, what's the difference between being on video and stories and just sitting down and recording in a different way and then actually posting it to the feed or posting it to YouTube? There's definitely been <clears throat> like a block preventing me from doing that, I guess, emotionally. Because then it's like, all right, then it's out there forever. I'm open to more judgment and criticism, and which is true. And then there's also the editing piece that feels overwhelming. So I'm like, all right, if I put money in the editing process and have someone do that for me, and all I have to do are make videos about specific topics that I've already been sent by multiple men, it should that should be the easiest way for me to get started, especially because I'm putting 2100 behind it per month. Which is an amazing rate yeah, for what you're getting. Which is, it is, is an amazing rate, but I'm still like, like it's still not a small amount of money. It's not a small amount of money, so I'm still like, oh shit, I'm not going to waste this. Yeah. So it's not. But you're too getting small a hell there. of a deal. Yeah. And the guy who's editing he's it, he's really good. Yeah. He's really good. So, so yeah. this is like the kick in the pants I need at this point, and I'm excited for it because I know that I need it, and I know that it's going to tremendously impact my business for the better in terms of growth and trust with my audience and, and just knowledge, just helping so many more people. So it'll be good. And I also think that you're just going to make that 2K back every month so many times over from what you put out. I can't imagine a world where you pump out 80 to 100 pieces of content a month as good as you are and do not immediately see that get paid back to you several times over. Certainly in the long run. Oh, yeah. Will. Definitely I mean, in, in the, the long, long run. run that's, that's where my mind is. It's like it'll probably take a couple months to kick in. It's the shorts, though. The shorts are mm. where things can go viral and where you can get some immediate hits and people can find you and very quickly spend $69 on a master class or a couple hundred dollars on your PE course. Mm-hmm. Some of the higher ticket things, maybe there's more trust and credibility required or 20 bucks a month on your meditations. But 
yeah, I think you'll see the payoff right away pretty quickly. Yeah, but I don't, I'm, I'm yeah, it makes if I <laughs> you are you're just so excited for me to do this. If I, if I leave Instagram for a week and then I come back and I start teaching within a day, I get a few sales. So I think that's that speaks to what you're saying. I have to, yeah, yeah. I think you're you probably are right. So we will see. But it's exciting. It is exciting. So let's put a bow on this. All right. Call it a night. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> you really suck at ending. <laughs> I used to. How do we end? Is there a way that you're supposed to end them? I remember saying so many times with my when I first started my podcast, the first twenty episodes probably. I remember being like, "All right, this is awkward, but I don't know how to end this." Okay, bye. And like it was. I remember saying that so many times, and I just never feel awkward ending my podcast now, just ours. <laughs> I don't know what's missing. New podcast. I don't know, but... I think you just got a good thing. I think it. today was a good conversation. I think the monthly check-in mm-hmm. topic is very useful. It it's, seems to be working for us. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone should do it, and like Andrew said, find your own format. If those questions don't work best for you, Find, swap it out for another one that does. And watch your relationship and sex life change for the better. Happy Friday, everybody. Okay, bye guys. Talk to you soon.